Sony. Hello, Canada. Today's date is September 6th, 2022. Welcome to a special edition of Canadian Common Sense, an interview special. Now, Canada, you all know that, uh, at least regular listeners, know that I grew up in Alberta in the 1980s when a lawyer from Quebec was Prime Minister, and that was Pierre Trudeau, who, along with some other Quebec lawyers like Chrétien and Lalonde, uh, succeeded in bankrupting my province and making certain that my generation grew up poor. So you can imagine my surprise when I joined the People's Party of Canada in August of 21 during the last election and owed a debt of gratitude to a lawyer from Quebec for her standing up for my freedom. Uh, I was a little surprised and had to eat some humble pie to do that, but uh, now I want you to meet that lawyer from Quebec. And I'm happy to have him today, Maxime Bernier, the leader of the People's Party of Canada. Monsieur Bernier, welcome to Canadian Common Sense. Thank you. I'm very happy to be with you. And, uh, you know, I, I like what you're doing, Common Sense. You know, I like to call our party, you know, a true uh, populist party with Common Sense policy. Yeah, and I was actually quite enthused when uh, we, you and I met in Mormon, Saskatchewan not long ago. And uh, Kelly, your Western director, has talked about the common sense revolution. So then I, I knew I had to get you on the show. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Thank so, you. So now you're no, no newcomer to politics. Um, a lot of parties start from the grassroots level and you know the leader has to fight for credibility. But you've been in the political game for well over a decade. Can you uh, tell us about your political background? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, first, I must say that I'm not a career politician. Uh, I was elected the first time in 2006 at 43 years old. And before that, I worked in the private sector in Montreal, in the financial sector. And in 2006, um, after uh, having a, a dinner with Stephen Harper, uh, I decided to uh, be a candidate for the Conservative Party of Canada. In, uh, in the writing of both. That was the former writing in my dad. My dad, Gilles Bernier, was an MP under Brian Roney, was elected in 1884, 1884, sorry, uh, sorry, 19, <laughs> 1984, 1988, and uh, also 1993. Um, and uh, I decided to uh, jump into politics because uh, at that time, I believed, uh, and I still believe in a smaller government in Ottawa that will respect our constitution, respect our charter of rights and freedom, and uh, and fight for that. That's what I did uh, in 2006, and I was a conservative until uh, 2011. As you know, in 2017, uh, I did run for the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada, and um, I didn't win with 49% of the vote. I worked... Uh, 13 months with the establishment of the Conservative Party and also with Andrew Scheer at that time. Andrew was the leader. I worked with him to try to uh, <clears throat> convince them to take some of our policies and ideas because they were popular. But uh, Andrew Scheer, after 13 months, uh, <clears throat> was very honest. He told me that uh, he won't take any of my ideas for the next election, uh, the election in 2019, uh, because he said your ideas are maybe uh, popular with the membership of the Conservative Party of Canada, but he told me I want to be a prime minister, 
but they are not popular with the population. And when when he told me that, uh, you know, I resigned. I said I cannot be with a party that is only conservative in name. And I said at that time in 2018 that uh, the Conservative Party of Canada is intellectually and morally corrupt because they are not promoting conservative ideas, uh, freedom, uh, and uh, free market. And uh, they are, you know, like the Liberals on a lot of uh, major issues for the future of our country. Okay, and I believe uh, that it was the best the political decision uh, that I took when we created the People's Party of Canada. Sure, let's get into that, because actually when uh, you first came across my radar in 2017 in that, that leadership race, and full disclosure, I actually ended up voting for you, even though that was the first time I'd even heard of you. But yeah, your ideas were actually different than the other 12 candidates. It was, uh, you were my first choice and Lisa Rake was actually my second choice. So Andrew Shear was much further down my ballot. But uh, yeah, so you, you decided to work with the party and you actually tried to bring in some of these common sense ideas. And I guess, what was the, the final push? I mean, you, uh, you were very blunt. You mean, you said they were intellectually bankrupt, they were morally bankrupt and... Uh, yeah, you didn't hold back. So what uh, what finally pushed you over the edge? Oh, you know, it's a, a lot of uh, issues. Uh, first, I must say that uh, I wrote uh, in 2018 uh, six uh, tweets about uh, the situation, uh, the uh, multiculturalism, and I said Trudeau said at that time that uh, uh, diversity is our strength. And I said, no, it's not diversity. Yes, we are a diverse country, but we must promote what unites us, not the diversity of our country. We must promote our culture, our identity, our history. And uh, when I wrote these uh, tweet, tweets, uh, Andrew Scheer was not happy with that. He said, Maxime, uh, uh, you, when you're saying that, you're not speaking for the party, you're speaking for yourself. And um, I said, oh, enough is enough, you know, they're not conservative. <clears throat> and um, I just decided to quit and uh, create a PPC based on four principles, individual freedom, personal responsibility, respect and fairness. And, you know, all our policies are in line with these uh, principles. We won't do any compromise with our principles. And I believe that that's why, you know, uh, I'm very pleased we, uh, when we created the party the first year in 2018, we, uh, we had 0% and the first election for us, we had 1.6% of the vote. And the second election for us, the last election in 2021, uh, 5% of the vote. So we are growing step by step. And uh, because I believe we are offering an alternative to uh, Canadians if they are tired of these establishment political parties like the Conservatives, uh, the Liberals, the NDP, uh, they have an option. Yes, we are doing politics differently because we, are, we try to appeal to the intelligence of Canadians and not to their emotions. That's different. We want them to know what we believe in and our goal and we think that we uh, we have the best ideas and the best policies uh, based on the Western civilization values. And the more, the more we promote our ideas uh, openly with passion and conviction, the more support we will have. And I think that's happening. After only four years, we are at 
And if you look at the Green Party of Canada, after 35 years, they had 2% of the vote at the last election. So we are growing. We are growing very fast. And um, that's why I believe that uh, the f- future would be bright for us if we have an election this fall or next year or only in 2025. We will be ready with the same idea. That's why, you know, <clears throat> we're doing politics differently because uh, we're not doing like... Um, these establishment political parties uh, were not doing focus group and polling and uh, before each election <coughs> these political parties uh, <coughs> have a new uh, platform before every election for us what i said in 2019 was the same one the same thing in 2021 and that will be the same thing at the next election okay let's talk uh, about that for a second doing politics my dears and uh, and we don't need to change uh, what we believe in. We're not uh, opportunists. We are doing politics based on conviction, and that's the big difference. So that's why we are offering a real alternative uh, to these establishment political parties. Sure. Now let's 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 actually get into that for a minute. Now, in 2018, you was actually at a uh, at a Conservative Party convention where uh, you finally decided to leave the party. Now, had you made an effort, you know, one more time to try to implement some of your own ideas into the Conservative Party? And is that what sort of finally made you realize that this party was just not going to be home for you anymore? Yeah, no. uh, If you ask that question about the future of the PPC, the future is not uh, a merger with the Conservative Party of Canada. No, no, I was just uh, we're referring very... to the platform you had brought in 2017. Had you tried to uh, to press that in, in Halifax in 2018? And is that what had any impetus for you to uh, to walk away at that point? Oh, yeah, you know, the, the Conservative Party of Canada, every before every election, they're doing a convention, they're voting uh, on policies. But uh, at the end, it's always the leader of the party uh, that uh, who would decide what would be part of that platform. So it's a kind of a fake democracy. And that's why, you know, uh, I'm saying to people, we created that party based on principle. If you like what I'm saying, I hope you'll come with us. I hope you'll vote for us. Uh, you will vote for us. I hope that you will become a member of the party. But if you don't like what I'm saying, don't try to change our policies uh, uh, it won't happen, so you can create your own party. So that's why it's very different. And I believe that the conservatives are only conservative during the leadership uh, leadership campaign. <laughs> and after that, they're going to the left. And that would be the same thing when Poliev would be elected. Uh, it would take a couple of months or years. And after that, it would go to the left. As you know, there's more seats in the big GTA and near Toronto than in all Alberta in all the, the province of Alberta. And uh, and we are living in a socialist era. That's the reality. That's the sad reality. So they will try to please the majority and they will go to the left. So that's why there's no, um, <clears throat> there's no future uh, for us uh, for and for me personally. Uh, I, I, w- I won't go back to, uh, to be a conservative. My goal is to at the next election to be elected myself with a couple of candidates and we will start that common sense revolution in parliament and I believe it will come. 
Okay, excellent. Um, good to hear. Now, you had touched on your saying your policies for the PPC won't change. Now, there was the media was trying to say that you forced your candidates to sign a declaration that they would not attempt to change your policies or change the PPC policies in the election. Is there any truth to that at all? Our candidates, if you if you vote for a PPC uh, candidate, uh, that person would be free. We'll have a lot of free vote in Parliament. What we will ask uh, from our candidates would be to follow our platform. And, you know, if they have an issue that is important for them and, and, and the people in their writing, they would be able to raise that. They would be able to table a bill on the, uh, in, the, in the House about that subject. Uh, our only what we are asking our candidates you're running under a platform and some policies, and so we will uh, ask you to vote in line with these policies. But after that, uh, for example, we don't have any policy on abortion, and I'm open to reopen the debate on abortion. And yes, I believe that the pro-life uh, PBC candidate will table a bill on abortion and will have that discussion, and it will be a free vote for everybody. So that's, uh, that would be important. And our candidates understand that uh, they would be able to bring any issue in Parliament. And, you know, we won't need to, to have a whip in our party to whip the vote. No, uh, they understand that, you know, all our candidates, and we have a lot of candidates that were with us at the first election in 2019, at the second election in 2021, and they may run uh, with us also uh, next time so they know our platform they know they know uh, they, they're there for the cause they're there for uh, big changes and bold reforms and we won't uh, we won't uh, change about that we will always fight for what we believe but also there's rooms for uh, for bringing uh, local issues uh, in a uh, parliament excellent so uh what I'm hearing is a, is a theme here that you're willing to allow free votes. You're willing to allow candidates the freedom to stand up for, for local issues. And that's uh, a huge diversion from your, your mainstream political party. So it's great to hear. Now, uh, I do have a question for you. You touched on this already. Uh, this coming weekend, it's very likely Pierre Poiliev will become the next leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. Does that concern you at all as the PPC? No, you know, uh, I will, uh, if he's elected, I will um, uh, do the same thing that I did. Uh, you know, uh, I will congratulate him and, uh, you know, uh, I'll tell him that, you know, I'm ready any time to debate. And I, I believe that I will debate at the next general election because uh, the they invented, invented a new rule for me to be part of the national debate at the last election. They said, you know, you need to have uh, 4% of the vote, and actually we had 5%. So that's why I'm telling you that uh, I will be able to debate against uh, Justin Trudeau and Pierre Poliev and uh, Jack Mee and all these establishment leaders. That would be great. So for us, we won't change. You know, Poliev or another leader, it's the same. The party is intellectually and morally corrupt, and Poliev is speaking just to have the support of the conservative. But after that, he will, he will change. He will move to the left, maybe slower than uh, O'Toole. Uh, and um, 
And for me, there's, you know, if you look at Polyev and, and the campaign, he didn't say anything, uh, you know, for the equalization formula. It's important to change that formula. It's unfair. We need to be less generous. And that's uh, why we have also Western alienation. Uh, and Polyev didn't speak about that. Polyev, you know, said that he, he won't impose a carbon tax, but he will, uh, it would be part of the Paris Accord. And the problem is not the carbon tax. Is The problem is the Paris Accord. And we are the only national party that will withdraw from the Paris Accord. So we won't impose a carbon tax, but also we won't impose any new regulations to businesses. Uh, every time that you're doing that, the prices are going up and consumers are paying for that. But Poliev would do that because uh, he, he will sign the Paris Accord. Same thing on immigration. You know, we won't participate in the, national, in the uh, UN Compact on Migration. Poliev is like the liberals on that. You know, mass immigration is okay with 450,000 450, uh, people uh, every year. Uh, we want fewer immigrants, uh, 150,000 maximum, with the majority of them being uh, skilled immigrants. And uh, so, so he won't do that debate on immigration. Uh, same thing on pipelines. He's speaking about pipeline, like Harper did. Harper spoke uh, uh, in, in favor of pipeline, but uh, you know the conservative didn't build any pipelines when Harper was uh, in government. That would be the same thing for Poliev because he won't use the only tool that we have in our constitution to be able to build pipelines, the section 9210 in our constitution. If you use that at that time, the federal government will have full jurisdiction, full uh, uh, authority, full responsibility on pipeline and, uh, and no, uh, no uh, provinces w uh, w won't be able to stop that. So you'd be able to impose a pipeline on Quebec or on BC. But Poliev uh, won't do that. He will try to have an agreement with these provinces and that won't happen. So, so you know, there's so many differences between uh, uh, Poliev, the Conservative Party and the People's Party. So our fight would be the same, Poliev elected or another one. Okay. Now, he's been talking a lot uh, about freedom throughout his campaign for, for leadership. And, I mean, that's really been been your, your bellwether. I mean, you came out and you were the only one who talked about freedom in the 2021 election. And you you actually walked the talk. You did not get the... Uh, COVID vaccines because you didn't believe in it and you made it very clear that you didn't care if anybody else got the, the, the vaccines or not as well. So um, does it does it bother you at all that Pierre Polyev is sort of riding your coattail as far as, you know, freedom here, freedom there and everywhere else? No, no, because, you know, that is only showing that is an opportunist politician and people can see the big difference with me, the People's Party and him and the Conservative Party. You know, he's speaking about uh, freedom right now because it, it's popular to speak about it because, you know, I spoke about it before because of the freedom fighters, because of the uh, truckers, the freedom convoy, uh, James uh, uh, Thup because of all these people that is able to speak about freedom, because we were there when it was time to speak about it. But Pierre Poliev were nowhere to be seen where we needed him. Uh, he was not there because it was not popular to speak about freedom. The propaganda, the fear, 
uh, was very efficient. And at that time, in March 2020, maybe only <clears throat> maybe uh, about 65 to 75 percent of the population agreed with uh, these uh, lockdowns and draconian measures and stay-at-home orders and all that. And, you know, Poliev being in the opposition, like the conservative, they, they, they're doing politics based on survey and polling, and they wanted to be on the, on the side of the majority. So they decided to be silent or, or, or they approve everything that Trudeau did. So, so now <clears throat> the majority shift because of the work of all these freedom fighters and fear is not so efficient right now. And uh, more people are looking at that and saying, you know, I don't want any more lockdowns. I think it was a bad idea. And now Poliev is speaking about that. Let Same thing on inflation. Poliev is speaking on inflation right now, but uh, he's the one who created the inflation, you know, because the, the conservative and Poliev voted for these uh, huge deficits, an irresponsible deficit, $450 billion over uh, the past uh, two years. So, so Poliev voted for that. And, uh, and the Bank of Canada monetized the deficit. So the Bank of Canada was the ATM machine for the federal government. So Polyev can speak about, you know, uh, uh, fighting inflation, but he created it. And so we were the only national political party at that time that said, you know, no lockdown. So like that, you won't be in a position to give money to Canadians for them to stay at home without doing anything. And we, we, we said at that time, every business is essential. We must reopen the economy. But Poliev was fighting for uh, all that being, uh, <coughs> was fighting to keep that uh, statu quo at that time, the lockdowns and all that. And he was uh, not against the vaccine passport. So, so that's why, uh, that's only, uh, when Poliev is speaking about freedom, or about you know fighting inflation, uh, it is showing to the population the hypocrisy and an opportunistic uh, of uh, of himself, um, uh, because you know it's 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 not he he was not fighting for that when we needed that right. when we needed him to do that. Okay. So we cannot trust him, and I believe that's why he will change also when he will want to be prime minister and try to have more seats in Ontario. Uh, he will do like uh, O'Toole and, and Sheer. He will take for granted the support of the people out west and, and, and try to have more support in Quebec and in, in, uh, in Toronto, in Ontario. So, um, so okay. that's a, when he's speaking about freedom, uh, you know, actually I'm happy with it because that is showing us that we were successful to change the public opinion. And that's what I try to do in politics changing the public opinion because we believe that we have the best ideas and it's okay. not because uh, our ideas are not popular today uh, that uh, our our idea is not just and true and we believe that the more we speak about our ideas the more popular they will they will become and right. now, so now speaking that's, of that uh, that's the way we're doing politics and i like it now, speaking of your ideas starting to catch on can you tell that dog park story that uh, you had told us when you were here in Saskatchewan. That's uh, that's very telling for how your ideas are catching on. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Yeah, I just want to show that in the beginning of the pandemic, when I was speaking about freedom and, and you know, 
freedom of choice and, and no <clears throat> no mandate. Uh, the fear was there, and the population wanted security. They didn't want to hear more freedom at that time. And, you know, uh, in March 2020, we have a dog, uh, Cooper, uh, a nice dog, a polo. And so my wife was with the dog at the dog park in March 2020. And a lady came with a big double man, and the two dogs were playing nice together. And the lady said to my wife, and she knew me, she said, oh, my God, Katrin, that must be very tough to be the wife of Maxime Bernier. That guy is so crazy. Uh, poor you. So, yeah, I was crazy because I was speaking for freedom, and that was not popular, and uh, she wanted to have security. But the, the good news is maybe a month ago, I was alone in the dog park with my dog, with Cooper, and she came, the same lady with the double man. So our two dogs played together, they had fun, and she came and she started the conversation with me. And she said, oh, Maxime, do you know that I'm triple vaxxed? I said, no, I don't know it. And, you know, it's personal to you. I don't have to know it. It's your personal decision, and I respect it. She said, yes, I'm triple vaxxed, and I won't take the, the fourth shot because, you know, enough is enough. And actually what they're doing to kids, she said, forcing the, the, the vaccine on kids, it's, uh, it, it's unethical. So, so she was telling me that, you know, now after two years, she understands that the vaccine is not the solution. And, uh, and now I'm not so crazy. So, <laughs> you know, and that's a proof because also in Quebec, about uh, a month ago, the Quebec government did a, a poll in Quebec, a survey, and they asked the population in Quebec, the vaccinated Quebecers, if they're ready for the third or fourth or fifth shot. And 69% of them said, no, thanks. I won't take another shot. So we were able to shift the population. Now the majority is on our side saying no to the third shots, no to the vaccine passport. And, and we were able to, to change that. And I'm very pleased with that. So I believe with that lady, I'm not so crazy anymore because she was telling me my arguments, the same arguments that I had two years before, two years ago. And now that was her argument. And, uh, and she was ready to have that discussion with me. So we were able to change that. And that's very positive. We must do that in every file for every subject. And that's the role. And that's why the PPC is there. Excellent. Now, um, we could have an election anytime. Uh, Justin Trudeau is obviously not keeping up his end of the bargain with this uh, coalition deal with the NDP. So if Jagmeet Singh ever decides to develop a backbone, we could be going into, the, into another election. Is the PPC ready? Oh, yeah, we are ready. <clears throat> we are ready. We have about 100 uh, uh, candidates right now selected and approved by us. So we uh, and we'll do another call for candidates this fall, and we are building writing association. But if uh, there's an election this fall or next year, we'll be ready. But I believe personally that we won't have an election this fall, or maybe not next year, because uh, you know the NDP. I believe they will uh, stay with uh, Trudeau and will still have a socialist government, because you know they they need to raise more money. They're broken. Uh, they're broke, and they need to raise more money. 
And actually, uh, for the conservatives, that's the same thing. You know, they can say that they want an election as soon as possible, but they will want their new leader to be more known, to be in the news, and so having more time. And I believe that we won't have an election soon. I hope that we can have an election as soon as possible, but uh, we'll see what will happen. Answering your question, yes. If an election is in September, October this year, we will be ready. And if it's later, we will be ready also. Because for us, we don't have to change our platform. It's always the same platform every time. So what I said in 2021, it will be the same thing at the next election. We just have to be sure to have a candidate candidate in every writing, and we are working on that. Excellent. Now, here's what sets you apart from, I think, all of the other leaders is you don't care if you don't become prime minister. What's wrong with you? (laughs) No, I wish I can be prime minister, uh, but I'm also realistic. I believe at the next election I won't be prime minister. But for me, the most important is our ideas to win, and and that's why that, that's why I'm doing politics. But the best, and, and I hope that you know uh, our ideas will be so popular that I will be a prime minister. But you know, like for example, if a political party is <coughs> taking some of our ideas, like Poliev is doing right now on the freedom and, and no more uh, vaccine passport, uh, I'm happy with that. But if it's taking a lot, all of our ideas that we are, that we have in our platform, uh, you know, the next campaign, I'll say to Canadians, you know, you have, you can vote for the original or you can vote for a copy, and we, we are the original. We always said the same thing, and and another political party will maybe run on 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 one or two of our policies, but you know, I'm not so sure that they will implement that because they don't believe in this. They're just thinking about it because now they are popular. So for me, I wish I can be prime minister, but the most important for me is our ideas to win. And we can win, you know, look at uh, Jack Neat right now. Uh, he's the more powerful man in Ottawa and uh, he's able to influence the liberal government. And, you know, maybe we can have the balance of power and without being prime minister, we will be able to influence uh, the, uh, the the politics in Canada in the right direction. Excellent. Okay, well, uh, we're just about up at our time here, sir. So I do want to thank you very much for joining me. I I want to say I really appreciate your integrity and your uh, your willingness to stick with it. So uh, you gave up what could have been a very cushy pension. You could have coasted as an MP with the Conservative Party of Canada. You chose to to go a different path, and I really appreciate it, sir. Uh, Mr. Bernier, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. And thank you for also giving me that opportunity to uh, speak to your people and you can share it. And if you want to know more about the People's Party, you can always go on our website, peoplespartyofcanada.ca. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Facebook, Rumble, YouTube. And also you can become a member You can go on our website, become a member, and you'll have all the information about the party. So I want to thank you very much, Tony. Have a nice evening, and let's stay in touch. All right. Thank you, Maxime. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. And that was Maxime Bernier, founder and leader of the People's Party of Canada. 
thank you for joining us, Canada. We will talk again soon.